Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs gives advice on planning for autumn grass. Welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. So today is really going to be a very uh, quick quick um, rundown, very, just a, a brief reminder really, if anything else. As I said last week, we were talking about the quantities of silage that are going to be on farms and there's probably more of it in yards now in the last week than there was last uh, last week when we were talking about it. But there's more to be done, obviously. And that, that can potentially have an impact on what I'm going to talk about today, which is autumn grass cover and building it. And I think, unfortunately, John Maher will tell you that um, we do quite a good job in a lot of cases in terms of our mid-season management and so forth and doing the spring um, grazing plan. To We're getting better and better at it. But I suppose it's, it's understandable um, that breeding is finishing now or finished on most farms. And they, uh, there's a big sigh of relief, I suppose, in a lot of cases because dairy farming by its nature is front loaded in terms of the workload, calving, breeding. They're the important uh, getting silage made, obviously, as well, um, and preparing for the coming winter, obviously, in that sense. And then once all that's over, you're, you're, uh, some people say you're in cruise control, but relatively speaking, things are a lot more straightforward on farms. And people probably take the foot off the pedal a little bit. And understandably, obviously, then as well, many people will not go on holidays until breeding is over because they don't want that responsibility on um, people that are coming in for to cover for, for holidays, etc. So then people will move head away on holidays at that stage. And unfortunately, it would seem from what we can see in the figures uh, that come in through pasture base is that we either don't consciously decide to start building cover or we just get that little bit lax, I suppose, maybe, or as I said, take the foot off the gas as such uh, and cover the actual effort to, that's required to put in or uh, to be put in to build farm cover doesn't happen on a lot of farms. And as a result, we end up housing a little bit earlier than uh, we may need to. So I suppose I'm, it's, I'm not saying that people um, need to, to change anything dramatically but at the same time people just need to be conscious of it and i suppose that's why i'm talking about it on the 21st of july because quite often i would say we probably are ourselves and chagas have been guilty of maybe being too slow to talk about this topic with people to make people aware of the need to actually be uh, acting on it so look as i said it's very brief today just to highlight the importance of uh, going about building cover for the spring I'm just going to show you a, a very quick slide here in relation to um, building cover. So I just need to find it here now. Should have it closer to hand. So this is a table that people will be very familiar with, I would imagine. I just go full screen so you have a better view of that. So you can see that there's a variation, obviously, in the requirement, uh, and obviously, quite understandably, depending on the stocking rate on the platform, it's going to be uh, easier or harder to build cover. So in reality, I suppose you're talking in a situation of uh, where you're stocked to the cow to the acre or the two and a half livestock units to the hectare scenario that uh, you can almost in August build grass in spite of yourself, assuming that we have normal conditions. And I would say, I suppose, when I say that about assuming that we have normal conditions, we have huge variation talking to some of the advisors up in the Northern and Western Territories there in the last few days, variation in terms of poor growth rates up there because of bad weather. Uh, and then I suppose um, down this side of the country, as I said, in the last couple of weeks as well, 
variation in growth rates because of actually good weather, uh, excessively good weather, I suppose, or excessively dry weather. So that could flip uh, either way then, basically. So I would, uh, we've all, we all saw the bounce that we got in 2018 following the dry spell breaking, uh, and that we had a quite a long growing season at that stage, which was obviously very welcome at that point. And again, I suppose all that emphasizes is that it's important that we are watching what way grass is growing on the farm for over this period as well and making the, the right reaction or take, making the right uh, decisions around that. As we move into the higher stocking rates, so the three and, and in particular, I suppose, the three and a half, um, it, you can see that it's quite hard to build the cover to get to uh, a very high you, because we don't want it excessively high uh, you could let it run ahead but it's going to be very hard to graze and unless you're on exceptionally dry ground um it's going to be very difficult to graze and that's going to leave you with a very dirty boat or base for next year uh, and that obviously will have implications for graze outs in the spring as well um, and also kind of the, the recovery of those pastures going into the winter um, when I talk about a clean base as well, it's important to point out that at the 21st of July now, we have a small, very small window, uh, possibly three to four weeks, maybe you could say up to mid-August mid again, depending on the stocking rate, where we have the opportunity to correct uh, any stamminess. And my God, there's a lot of stamminess out there because of the droughty conditions that are around the country. Grass that, ground that has been baled, ground that has been pre-mold, ground that has been topped, has come back with stem in it again because of the stress levels that the grass plant has been under. Even though we still are getting reasonable growth rates, they're just not where they should be. Uh, and the plant has decided to go to seed again for possibly the third uh, time in a lot of cases. And that means that uh, there is potentially a requirement to tidy up some of those paddocks again before we go into the building phase. Now that said, on the, on the ground that's dry, um, the, there's very little waste, utilization levels are very high. So to be fair, that seed head is, can be in some cases, especially on ground that was already um, mechanically altered, we'll call it. Um, the, that, that seed head is, is very much um, a visual thing really, or a, an optical illusion, we'll call it. Um, in that it's not actually the quality of the grass through the, this, where those seed heads are popping up is actually not that bad. It's not your severe high level of dung peg kind of area that's very unpalatable, et cetera, et cetera. So just be conscious of that, I suppose. And as I said, there's a three to four week window at the very most, probably, uh, unless growth is fantastically strong now through the month of August um, to correct those paddocks. So baling, obviously being the first choice if we get the option, but maybe may not be an option on some farms given grass situation. Um, obviously, then pre-mowing maybe uh, again not not the preference, but obviously uh, a tool in the toolbox as I've said before, and then topping also as well maybe a requirement uh, in order to not not hit the cows too hard, but also get the get your uh, pre-grazing or your post-grazing height down to where it needs to be if a, a paddock is particularly poor. So um, again, just to, as I said, on the two and a half livestock units scenario, it's it's not too bad to get there. Um, what will dictate that, I suppose, is silage ground coming back in may drop you down to two and a half. So obviously that changes your dynamic in terms of where you're stocked, the, the, you're, you're pitching your autumn building cover at. If you don't have silage ground on the, on the platform and you're already running at three, then obviously that's your target to hit. Um, I suppose in some cases you could argue, but I think there's going to be a very difficult case to be made this year unless cows very, um, in very bad order are not going well at all. The cows, given the price of milk, are going to stay on the platform for quite a period, I would think. Um, and that may have implications. That's another thing that people need to be conscious of. If in the past you've sold 
coils or early in order to build your cover, but this year you're kind of thinking that you're going to make them on, then you need to factor that into your decision. Uh, now, while we'd probably recommend the people who can go changing things for those reasons, um, it is going to be a factor on farms that people are going to be tempted to carry those cows for a little bit longer, I would think, uh, and try to generate more revenue from them, obviously. Uh, the other thing is if you have other stock on the platform, such as heifers or calves that might be moving out to silage blocks uh, in due course, that will also alter your stocking rate. And that can change uh, the timing of that. It can vary, obviously. And again, just because second cuts are, I've noticed around here anyway, are a little bit later because they got off to slow start. They're, they're a week or 10 days possibly behind in a lot of cases, I would think. Um, they are going. To, that's going to impact in terms of recovery of grass uh, on outblocks to allow for young stock to move off to them. So people need to be conscious of that as well in terms of that that's going to keep your stocking rate higher on your milking platform for a period. And you need to be factoring that in, in terms of trying to make sure that you have that cover there to keep your cows right. But then when those young stock move off, what impact does that have on the overall cover as well in terms of the, like there's a balancing act involved in it. And as you can see then, I suppose the key dates there, I suppose, are that by mid-August that we have, the, we're, build, we're starting to build 200 for the two and a half, uh, 250 for our, our um, three livestock units, and then 220 for our higher stock, higher um, stocking rate of three and a half plus. And then, as I said, it's very difficult to build that cover on farms unless we're going to actually uh, bring in so, so extra supplement. In a lot of cases with the higher stocking rates, we actually are looking at uh, an awful thought to be considering, but um, feeding some bit of silage in order to slow down rotation uh, and improve, increase the level of grass that's in front of, of cows in order to get that bank there. And if that doesn't happen in August, we generally, or we, we won't make the target in September, which is the, the problem. And as I said, it's actually the, the if, we, if I showed you the pasture-based graph now, which you just don't have to hand there, you would see that we have a situation where we're outgrowing our demand generally through the month of August. And once we hit September, we're beginning to fade off quite quickly. And obviously we can't build at that stage. Now, the temptation is obviously not to put in the silage at this stage because obviously it's an inconvenience and people, as I said, are just want to kick back at this stage now, having put in a lot of effort into the season so far. Uh, but if you are serious about trying to get your grass cover up, it, it is something that you're going to have to consider doing. And it may actually only be very short-lived in order to just get that bit of an extra kick in terms of uh, taking advantage of the potential um, excess of growth over demand. And that's all you're trying to do is just to build that cover up uh, and, and make sure that you have enough grass on the farm. Because what we do once we hit September, we're freewheeling on the grass that we've built pretty much through to the end of, this, of the grazing season, okay? So we don't want to have covers rising too high either. So there, there is a bit of a balancing act involved in this uh, and it's trying to keep that balance right is important. And um, trying to, as I said, the, I suppose the two key things that I want people to take from today and we'll leave it at that in a minute is that we need to try to build from a clean base. So we need to get a good residual post-grazing. If we're not getting a good residual post-grazing, we need to look at the farm and see have we just too much grass on the farm at, at the moment, which is going to be slightly ironic in the context of what I'm talking about. And do we need to mow out something in, our, in order to keep the pre-grazing cover right to get our post-grazing right? Uh, and that once we can build from a clean base, building from a clean base will be critically important to how we're going to manage our grazing in this mid-September um, through to the 1st of October type scenario. Because what we're talking about 
if we take it in the middle ground here at the tree coast of the hectare, if at mid-September, very, very broadly speaking, or very crudely speaking, if our average farm cover is 1,100, that means we are going into covers potentially of up to 2,200 potentially. Uh, ideally, we wouldn't probably be as high as that. Uh, we want to put maybe max kind of 2,000 but they are not easy covers to graze out and they will be exceptionally difficult covers to graze out if there's a, a butt uh, of a residual left at the at the bottom of them. So they're going to be tricky to graze out if we're not working off a clean base. So two things to take from this morning would be that we need to start considering about building cover. And if we are serious about building cover, we need to start thinking about doing something about it in August in order to put the grass there for September. And the second thing is that we want to be trying to build that cover off of a clean base. So we need to bale, mow, or, uh, or bale pre-mow, depending on the circumstances, or top um, residuals if they're not satisfactory in order to build that cover from a clean base. So that's it for today. As I said, it has to be a quick one because I need to get to somewhere for 11 o'clock. So I hope uh, people got something from that. And as I said, it's just a rem timely reminder, really, more than anything else, that just to, get, to kick the mind into gear that, okay, it's hard to believe it that is the 21st of July, um, but that we're actually talking about what we need to do in order to have grass there for the back end of the autumn. Uh, but that's the, the nature of the beast, unfortunately, and that's the case. So I wish you all well I'll, um, for the week ahead. Um, the, just to say that we I, next week I'm going to do a little bit on farm safety. This week was actually farm safety week, but unfortunately, John McNamara, who's coming on uh, to talk to me next week, well, wasn't available because he's involved in something else this morning. So he's going to come on next week talking about a very interesting topic, I suppose, in terms of respiratory health, which some people may think, like, what's that about, basically? But I think in the context of COVID, everybody should have a conscious um, idea of what respiratory, uh, the importance of respiratory health. And I suppose in the context of farming, we are inclined to work in possibly dusty environments. We'll be moving into an environment in, during the winter period where we'll be putting out sawdust and lime on cubicles. There's a risk to eyes, obviously, with lime. And there's obviously a risk to your, your lungs as well in terms of um, inhaling anything like that. So respiratory health will be the topic next week in terms of farm safety. Uh, and I hope people will join in for that because it's important to be aware um, and to be very conscious of, say, especially where people are involved on in the farm uh, with you, that you need to look out for their uh, respiratory health and their health and safety as well as your own. Um, and that's very, very important. So everybody has somebody helping out on a farm and it's probably uh, an important factor that we we are probably inclined to not think of enough is are there is there's a health and safety um, paramount in terms of the way we're asking them to operate, et cetera. So hopefully you can join me next week, uh, as I said, talking about respiratory health, uh, safe farming for the rest of the week. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you for tuning in. Bye. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.